0: Good morning, pastors and ministry leaders. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Nigerian Pastors Podcast. My name is Shegun Ayegusi and I am a pastor and founder and director of the Gathering Faith Leadership Network. We are a pastoral training ministry in the city of Jos in Kato State, Nigeria, and our mission is to encourage, equip, and strengthen pastors and ministry leaders. The Nigerian Pastors Podcast is the audio ministry of the Gathering Faith Leadership Network, and we aim to achieve two goals through this podcast. One, we want to minister to the pastor's heart and stir up in you a greater love for Jesus Christ. The fact is, when a pastor is in awe and in love with Jesus Christ, it will result in emotionally and spiritually healthy ministry leaders who lead thriving churches. And our second goal through this podcast is to equip you with practical biblical teaching for ministry so that you can grow in your knowledge of God's word and become more effective in preaching and teaching through the Bible. It is our ongoing prayer that the Holy Spirit of God accomplishes both of these goals in your life as you listen along. Welcome again, and thank you for listening. Welcome pastors. And uh, in today's episode, we are gonna discuss this little sneaky sin that has a habit of entrapping a lot of pastors. We're talking today about lying, or or as I call it in ministry, embellishing the truth, right? Um, You know, I I start off with that because, I recently read an article by a pastor and an author named Carrie Newell. He's a brilliant, brilliant author in the United States. And and he wrote an article where he talked about the seven lies that most pastors tell, which when I read the title, I was offended because I'm like, how dare he say. But then when I read the article, I'm like, oh wow. It was a little convicting because I have caught myself in the past telling some of these same lies. Now, I'm not going to give you all seven of them, but I'll share with you three of them, and and then we'll talk about lying, okay? So the first lie that he says pastors tell has to do with when people ask, how are you doing? And as pastors, we respond by saying, I'm doing well, or I'm doing great, or bless the Lord, I'm fine, when in reality, we're not doing well at all. You know, in all my years of meeting and greeting pastors and asking how they're doing, I gotta say, never once have I heard any pastor actually answer back and tell me anything other than I'm fine or some form of that response. The truth, though, is that pastors, I mean, I'm in ministry, I know this, we know this. The truth is, pastors are not always doing fine. There are many services where your pastor, though he's preaching passionately in a pulpit, is really struggling uh, in his personal life or is ministering out of a place of weakness, but is putting up a strong face so people don't see the problem. Now, the point here is not that as a pastor, we need to share publicly all our sins and our struggles, but as pastors, we need to have at least one or two people in our lives we can confide in and share the real struggles we're going through because the truth is we're not always doing fine. Lie number two that pastors sometimes tell has to do with when we host the ministry event and people ask us how it went or they ask us how many people came. Well, the lie pastors tell is sometimes we, we embellish the number by saying we had so, so many hundreds of people or so, so many thousands of people when in fact the number was probably half of that number. This one is actually called Pastor Mathematics, and it's when pastors exaggerate the number of people who actually participated in an event, we exaggerate that number in order to boost our image and our effectiveness. The truth oftentimes is that we may not even know how many people showed up at an event. So we usually round up that number to the nearest 500 or so. And so from the stage where we're ministering from, it may look like we had thousands, when in reality, we had less than that. But we push it more towards the number we're comfortable with. This may not be true for every pastor, but it's been true with some pastors. And then lie number three on that list of seven that pastors sometimes tell has to do with when people ask us, Would you mind praying for us? And we say, I'll be praying for you, but we actually don't pray for them. Now, this one's a little tricky because uh, sometimes um, when pastors don't know what to say or we've just had a really long, tiring ministry day and someone comes to us and they want prayer or they send us an email, because we're tired, we, we we may have every intention to pray for them, but if we never actually pray for them, then our promise to them has become a lie. By the way, here's a quick tip on that one. Whenever somebody asks you to pray for them, the best thing you can do is pray for them right there and then. That way, if you forget to pray later, at least you were honest and you did indeed pray for them. So my question for you is this, pastors, what lies do you have a tendency of telling others or what lies do you have a tendency of telling yourself? because listen in ministry i think as pastors we don't we don't tell explicit lies rather what we do is we get creative with the truth which is ironic because creative truth telling is a lie no matter how you spin it and so we're going to talk about those little innocent i put innocent in quotes those little innocent lies that we've told ourselves is okay because it's creative truth telling because listen creative truth telling goes all the way back to the point of creation in the book of Genesis. right, Creative truth-telling was present in Satan in the beginning when he lied to Adam and Eve, convincing them that God was withholding freedom from them by not letting them eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In fact, you and I are still experiencing the ripple effects of that one lie that Eve and Adam bought into in the garden. It's why Jesus says of Satan in John chapter 8, verse 44, that when he lies at Satan, when Satan lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And I think we can all agree that Satan is not the role model we want to set our pattern of speech after, whether it's a blatant lie, a white lie, an exaggeration of truth, or any of those. Now, to be clear, God has some very strong feelings about lying. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 to 19, it says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to to him. And twice on that list, get this, it mentions lying tongue twice. It it mentions a lying tongue twice. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22, it says, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. So, from those scriptures, here's the central idea that'll shape our discussion in today's episode. And it's this, honesty is the best policy, period honesty is the best policy period don't try to get creative with truth-telling honesty is the best policy period let's not try and wiggle find wiggle room around the truth but let's embrace this truth that honesty is the best policy and we're going to demonstrate this by exploring three areas of our lives that are impacted by how truthful or untruthful we are we're going to discuss how lying impacts your physical body how lying impacts your relationship with others and how lying impacts your relationship with God. Three points. All right, first one, how lying impacts your body. There's an interesting verse in Psalm 32, verse three, that says, um, it's speaking about, David was writing Psalm 32, and he's speaking about a sin in his life that he was trying to hide that he had not confessed. And here's what he says. He says, when I kept silent about whatever untruth, whatever thing it was, when I kept silent, when I didn't confess this thing, my bones." wasted away through my groaning all day long. You see, God has designed our bodies in such a way that it physically reacts to the thoughts and the words that we choose to speak. Our choice of words either add to or take away from our physical health. In fact, scientific research has actually shown this to be true. Um, There's a man named Dr. Arthur Markman. He is the executive editor of the journal called cognitive science. And in that, um, in that cognitive science magazine, he explains that the very second you speak a lie, the stress of creating a false story actually causes your anxiety level to rise and your brain immediately goes into a state of heightened alert. In fact, lie detectors are based off this knowledge. When when you, when when a lie detector machine starts to move up and down, it's it's based on this knowledge. And brain imaging, when you see a picture of what your brain looks like on a scan machine, actually shows that the limbic system of your brain, the limbic system is the part of your brain that deals with the emotions and memories. When you're lying, the limbic system of your brain lights up like the you know, it lights up like fireworks. When you lie, and I, when I read this, I was laughing because I realized I don't need science to prove this to me because um, I, I recall a season in my life where I, I think one of the most embarrassing time I got times that I got caught in a lie. I was talking to a friend and I was bragging about this. I was single at the time, I was in college, and I was bragging about this girl that I was dating. And I made up the story, it wasn't true, but I was talking about how I was dating and how much she liked me and how we were great together. And he asked me one simple question that just threw me off. He said, oh, that's great. What's her name? And because it was a lie, my brain could not come up with a name. And for like 10 seconds, I was trying to create a fake name and no name came to mind. And it was so embarrassing because as soon as I told him, you know, I finally made up a name, but then I had to make up another lie to cover that lie. And it was just a terrible, embarrassing. And I'm pretty sure he knew I was lying. But that's exactly what the research by Dr. Markman was explaining, that when you lie, your brain recognizes that your lie has just put you in danger, and so you start feeling worried, and so you got to make up another lie to cover that one lie, and to cover that second lie, you got to make up a lie, and so you create this pattern that's very, very unhealthy. In fact, this increased workload on your brain actually clouds your ability to make smart decisions. And your nervous system responds. Your body releases cortisol, which is your body's main stress hormone. Basically, when you lie, your brain suffers. That's what science is telling us. And that's actually what David is telling us in Psalm 32, verse 3, when he says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groanings all day long. Lying impacts your physical body. Now, I want you to compare that experience to what the Bible says about speaking honestly. Proverbs 10, verse 10, I'm uh, sorry, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. So not only does truth-telling enrich your soul and ministry, but scripture says truth-telling, honesty, is like a, it's like a water fountain that just blesses others, right? And that reiterates our big idea, which is this, that honesty is the best policy, period. And that leads, of course, to the second area that, that, uh, it, that where we experience impact. And it's this, lying not only impacts your body, but lying affects your relationships and credibility with other people. You see, you and I were built by God to live in community. In fact, even in creation, at the very beginning of time, when God said everything was good in the garden, everything is good, it's good, it's good, it's perfect, it's beautiful, there was one time when God said something wasn't good, and that's when He took note in Genesis 2.18 that it is not good for man to be alone, right? That's because God created us to be in community. God Himself lives in community. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are community, and so He created us to live in community. But here's the deal: community only works best when we choose to live honestly with one another. Right? Proverbs 16, verse 16, verse chapter 16, verse 28 says, "A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer, right? Someone who spreads rumors, who spreads lies, separates close friends." You know one form in which dishonesty plays out especially in ministry um is what I is flattery right so in churches we don't usually our lies are usually subtle right and and flattery is a form of lying right we, by the way flattery is defined as excessive and insincere praise that's given especially to further your own personal interest there's a difference between flattery and encouragement. It's one thing to encourage someone because they're doing something. It's one thing to kind of get someone excited to jazz them up, but flattery has a is oftentimes self-motivated. So, for example, in order to gain favor with someone or in order to appear attractive or admirable to someone, we may tell them that they're doing a really good job when in fact they're doing a mediocre job. Or or we may or when we congratulate something at someone and tell them we're happy for them and we'll be praying for them but we're neither happy for them nor praying for them. That's not being honest. You see, honesty builds trustworthiness and credibility in community, and it has a positive impact on your relationships. Proverbs 24, 26 says, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. In fact, I think I would would expand that. Uh, 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 An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips with someone you're deeply in love with. That's how much honesty can really shape a community. Now, the other important part of being honest that I think I should point out is this, is that when if you are being truthful, some people may not like it and may take offense to it. And then at the same time, if you're being honest and truthful, especially if you speak the truth in love, as Ephesians 4.15 says, you might very well win over a friend. You see, truth that's spoken in love means that when you need to be truthful with someone about a hard issue, you do it in such a way that brings the matter to light as clearly as possible, but also in a way that encourages them in godliness. So speaking the truth in love means that you don't attack or tear down someone with the truth, but rather you you speak truth to expose the issue, but then you build up. Remember, honesty is the best policy. Because lying impacts your body, lying impacts your relationship with God, and last but not least, lying ultimately impacts your relationship with God. First Peter chapter 3, verse 10 to 12 says, "Whoever would love life and would see good days must keep their tongues from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. While it is biblically true that nothing can ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, it is also true that nothing will stifle your love for God and communication with God faster than a dishonest mouth. If you want to close off communication with God, just start telling lies. God doesn't leave, but it definitely puts a a wall, so to speak, between you and him because you start running. Like when you lie in your relationship with other people, it clouds your conscience as a Christian before God, which makes it hard to pour your heart out to him. And some 139 verse 4 says, Before a word is on my tongue, before I dare lie, scripture says, Lord, you know it completely. In other words, it's impossible to hide a lie from God because his ears are attentive to those who are walking in truth. So if you have found that in recent weeks, recent months, your love for God has grown cold, or your relationship with God lacks a spiritual vibrancy that it once had, perhaps examine your life to see if there's a lie that you have been living, or a lie that you've been telling. And then this next part, I would say is probably the most important piece of this podcast. And it's this, that if you find that indeed you have been telling lies to yourself or to others, confess your sin to God. Confess your sin to God first. And then if your sin is actually against someone or you lie against someone, don't stop at just confessing to God, but confess your sin to the person you lied about, right? Scripture says, pray for one confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Right? 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, our choice to be honest in our relationships with one another will have a profound impact, spiritual impact, on our vertical relationship with the Father in heaven. Because James says in James 5 that in confessing our sin to one another and praying for one another, we're actually experiencing healing of sorts. This my friends is how you return to your first love if you've felt far from God. So pastors, ministry leaders, as you engage in conversations this week, please ask God to give you an awareness to know when you may be slipping back into dishonesty, And then make it a choice in each conversation and in each interaction to be honest. And as you do, remember that God himself is truth and we're made in his image. And he delights in you when you choose to be trustworthy. And for this reason, my friends, honesty is the best policy. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to the Nigerian Pastors Podcast. For more information about our ministry, uh, you could visit our website, www.thegatheringfaithleadership.network. We are a pastoral training ministry in the city of Jos, Plateau State, Nigeria, and our mission is to encourage, equip, and strengthen pastors and ministry leaders. If you enjoyed this week's podcast and were blessed by it, there are one of two ways you can be a blessing to us in return. One, you can subscribe to our podcast on whatever streaming platform you're listening to us and leave an encouraging review and give us some great stars uh, telling us how much you enjoyed our podcast. That would mean a lot to us. And then two, you can actually visit the episode page of this week's podcast and share it on any of your social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, wherever, and let your friends know about us. We truly appreciate you and hope you were blessed by this. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you up with you next week. Stay close to Christ.